if the first century church acted like the 21st century church, there would have never have been a 21st century church. This is for his namesake. This call right. is now being recorded. All right. So today we got Sean on. How you doing, Sean? I'm good. How are you, brother? Good, brother. Good to talk to you. Finally, uh, finally got this going. <laughs> it took long enough. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. No, I'm definitely excited, man. So the topic of today is going to be easy believism, but before we get into that, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, man, uh, tell us who you are. Uh, my name is Sean Kohler. Um, interestingly enough, I met Chris through, uh, I believe you were praying for me when I was an atheist, yep. uh, which was many yeah. years ago, and uh, whatever you did worked, so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Sure it wasn't easy believism, huh? <laughs> no, it wasn't easy believism. There's there definitely some repentance that had to happen. But, uh, you know, and of course, I'm not saying it was you. It was the Holy Spirit. But, you know, you interceded. So. Hey, oh, yeah. Praise God. He's, uh, as you know, he's the ultimate one who uh, who does the work, man. We're just faithful as, you know, we get the nudge. So, and uh, yep. just faithful to uh, pray and uh, intercede. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so with the topic today, man, like I've kind of had, uh, you know, my, my back and forths about it. Like, you know, in one sense, it's like, you know, you don't want to be rough because you don't know where somebody's at in their walk. And so you kind of don't want to like push it too much because you're kind of just happy they're going to church. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, a lot of people, they make the emotional, the, the emotional, okay, I'm going to cry and, and and that means I'm saved now, right? And they walk down the proverbial aisle or whatever the case may be, you know, and then when they leave the thing. Or they're, or know, they're led through the sinner's prayer as well. That's another one I keep hearing a lot of. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. This The same mentality. And, you know, and then what gets me is, you know, uh, just in, in the various sociodynamic of the church today, you have various what we'll call theories, but the majority of them don't tend to rightly divide scripture it seems or they take stuff out of context you know um to sort of of course fit their presupposition or whatever the case um which you know it's just it's it's really sad because like i said you know you want people you know you think to yourself well they got this far where they seem like at least they're interested you know but look we're not used car salesmen this is the living son of god yeah. jesus christ the lord god almighty you know, the creator of heaven and earth who you're coming before. Uh, I'm not here to tell you, you know, this car has the best possible options for you. Um, this is going to get you where you need to go. And uh, it's your get out of hell food card, you know, et cetera, all these kinds of usual cliches. And it's like you get to the point, you know, like today, for instance, I was listening to Leonard Ravenhill. And, um, you know, he, he was hard on this one. <laughs> he was really hard. Mm -hmm. on um, on on this subject to say the least he's got a great message on the church of Laodicea uh and whatnot and anyway the point being he had, he had some really good points uh one of them was you know people they'll, they'll do anything anything but repent you know it's like they just they'll 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 all change my behavior the behavior modification shtick you know the psychology right uh, mentality um I'll just be a better person. I'll act better. I'll do this. I'll do that. And it's like, it's, it's not about a behavior modification. It's a supernatural thing. You know, I'll just be better this time. 
You know, it's like, no, you have to repent, meaning you actually have to surrender that area and obey the word of God in that area, not be a better person uh, in as far as yeah. concerning worldly standards, you know. Um, and, and this is what gets me. So what do you see a lot uh, in today's church, brother, that, that comes to mind concerning this? Well, I see this, I mean, all over the place, but, you know, that, that idea that anything outside of believing is there is a work and therefore not required. So repentance being one, but one of the verses that, because, you know, I'm on TikTok and I do a lot of, there's a, the share the gospel videos where I literally just go through and say, repent, follow Christ and you'll be saved, right? And I get right. people who come on there and go, whoa, 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 hold on a second. There's repentance is a work. They tell me following Christ is a work and therefore not required, which I find is funny. But, you know, because these are the words of Jesus, right? So you're not really mad at me. You're mad at Jesus at that point. But um, the the verse they keep coming to and throwing at me is Romans uh, 10, 9 through 10, right? Which says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. But the interesting thing is, according to their definition of what works is, which is anything but believe, confession would be a work. So even Correct. the verses that they're throwing at me are pointing to some sort of work. Now, I'm not saying we're saved by works, but no. those works are evidence of, of that that heart change. True. Um, so, yeah. you know, and then, of course, you know, that second part of that, right, believe in your heart. What does believing in your heart mean? It's a heart change. You were against God. You didn't believe in God. You changed your heart. The Holy Spirit came in and convicted you, and you changed your heart and repented. Um, so that whole verse can be deconstructed into Things that you have to do, repentance, not saying normal works, but as, right. you know, confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart is a re- is through the act of repentance. Um, but then you get into uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, which is another one they keep throwing at me, which says that, you know, through grace that you were saved, not of your works, no one may, may boast. But then it says you're his workmanship. Created in Jesus for good works, which God created beforehand, and underline this part, that uh-huh. we should walk in them, right? Oh, right. It's an actual something you actually have to do concerning uh, the relationship you have with the Lord, you know, and that's absolutely true. Your points are very well taken. The thing that people mm-hmm. forget man, is that faith, okay, pistos in the Greek, as you know, means to literally lean into Jesus, right? So like I explained in the last podcast to uh, to Michael, the thing of it is, man, like you were you were born again, right, concerning born again being a supernatural experience. You were literally born again, given a new nature, to put off the old man and put on the new man, right? You are now clothed in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the living God Almighty. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're given the Word of God. You're equipped with the Word of God to obey by faith. And this is what people don't seem to understand. Yes, you're saved by grace. God extends grace. He's opened the door to you, to the world, John 3:16, so that you are now given the option of your own free will to say, okay, I believe by faith you are the son of the living God. I believe you rose again on the third day. You conquered death and hell, right? Just in as far as understanding that creeds of confessions, we're not Catholic. But, I mean, just getting a basic mm-hmm. understanding so that you know why you believe what you believe, a proper epistemology, right? So in order to do this, you have to actually have a right understanding concerning it. Now, look, you know, there's guys that in, in, in uh, hard-to-reach countries like Iraq and the Middle East that have dreams, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, there's one of my favorite ones. There was a guy. Um, I forget the name of the gentleman that talks about this. But there was a guy. <clears throat> he was um, um, 
sitting at a, a – uh, uh, I guess it would be like their equivalent to like a Circle K gas station, right? And this is in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in uh, Afghanistan at the time. And he waited there for two days. Well, a Christian brother uh, pulls up there, and they see him kind of staring at him. So they're getting gas pretty quick because, as you know, in that part of the world, it isn't really going to mm-hmm. work out very well for you in a lot of <laughs> – <laughs> in a lot of cases, yeah. so we like, okay, let's roll. So they get out of there. Well, his uh, wife starts telling him, you need to turn around. The Lord's telling him you need to go talk to that guy. And he's like, you're out of your mind. I'm not turning around. You're nuts. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so they uh, they argue. They're on the freeway. Finally, he goes, fine, I'll turn around, okay? So they go back, and they go, finally, and she goes, give him a Bible. And he's like, no, now you're really losing it. No, I'm not giving him a Bible. I'm going to be killed. You know, she's like, come on, you know, big big guy, what's up? You know, you're as tough as you think you are or what? Like, get over there. And so she's pushing him, you know. And uh, yeah. anyway, long story short, he finally gets over there and he talks to him. And he, and he goes, sir, um, can I talk to you for a second? And he goes, um, okay, reluctantly, whatever. But he starts talking to him. And uh, he goes, look, you know, um, I really feel like the Lord's telling me to give this to you. Um, uh, would you please take it? And he looks at it and he goes, Injil? Is this, is this, are you people of the book? Is this the word of God? And he goes, yes, it is. He goes, oh, praise be to the Lord. Praise be to the Lord. And he falls down on his face and he worships God. And he goes, what is going on? He goes, look, man, uh, I had a dream like three nights ago. I'm waiting here for two days. And it said that uh, I prayed and I said, please just give me the book. Give me the truth. I had a dream. And mm-hmm. in that dream, uh, Jesus, you know, they think it's Isa, but we know it's Yeshua. Um, told me mm-hmm. to to come and to seek the real book, the true book. And that's what you've given me, the Bible, the living word of God. And he goes, yes, absolutely. And right there, worship God. So things like that can happen. But let's think about the insinuating circumstances for that to happen. You know what I mean? That's a bit different. God is sovereign, right? And so <clears throat> even from a Molinist point of view, God accounts for every single free will action, not only that you that you will do, but what you would have done. He's that sovereign, mm-hmm. right? Well, but here's the difference. He doesn't coerce you to do it. He just accounted for it and still allows free will. But he's so sovereign that he even knows the actions kind of like, um, I hate to par- uh, pare it down like this, um, almost kind of like Doctor Who, right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, Is it bigger on the inside? That's all I need to know. Exactly, right? And I think that that's, that's kind of the view that I take. So anyway, the point being is that the ultimate point concerning back to our original discussion here, um, with the easy believism aspect, yes, there's caveats to some degree. I don't want to box God in, but at the same time, I sure as heck don't want to appeal to things uh, that, that have continued to lead the church down the wrong road, things like Rick Warren, things like um, – uh, the the Hillsong stuff. I mean, a lot of this other um, unfortunate, very commercial Christianity. And the way that people have gotten there is through various means of psychology and a lot of other different stuff. But, you know, all that has attributed to, to why we are where we are, unfortunately, with the Matthew 24 scenario and the church departing uh, from the faith, from the true and living faith, unfortunately, the apostasy uh, going on and whatnot. And we expect that. It's kind of a fulfillment of prophecy. But we sure as heck don't want to um, give it any more ammunition. You know what I mean? So I think that one of the mm-hmm. things that we have to really focus in on is, is are you really not just uh, um, a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you a disciple? 
Are you truly making other disciples? Are you actually not just evangelizing? Because here's the deal. I, I can't personally believe somebody claims to be born again and doesn't want to see others born again is actually born again themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can't believe that. I just, I can't think in my mind, and you don't have to be an evangelist to think this way. I think if you're born again, you literally want to see other people come to know the Lord. Unfortunately, we have a Gnostic way of thinking because of Augustine, which is where this quote comes from. Uh, the idea that if you just live a good life around other people, they will see you doing good works, right? And they will want to mm-hmm. know Jesus. That's not what it says. The Bible says that they'll see you doing good work and they'll glorify God, right? But what is glorify God? It means they themselves may want to do those other good works. But it doesn't say anything about them coming to know the Lord through that necessarily. Now, once again, don't want to box God in, but that's not the gospel. And this is the problem, right? And back to the quote. The Augustine quote is what? Do you remember? Mm -hmm. It's this. It's... um, uh, preach the gospel at all times. Use words when necessary. Yes. Yes. Disgusting. Okay. Disgusting. I hate that. I absolutely hate that. It is such a coward's coward's castle they hide themselves in by using that as their presupposition. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you're going to really preach the gospel, that means you actually have to give them the gospel, right? So we've made it so easy on people. And I'm saying easy, like, oh, it's so easy, you know, like, look at you, you know, you're not, you're not a, as good a Christian as me. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this isn't like, you know, uh, I'm holier than you, holier than thou, or a pious mentality in that regard. But I definitely see because we don't push for more of a, a biblically-minded, um, first-century church-oriented, you know, um, um, costly grace. We're going to continue mm-hmm. to see this. That's what it comes down to, brother. No one's willing to give up their life that they might find it. You see what I'm saying? Well, I, and I'll be honest with you. I think that the, the biggest problem with the American church is we're so concerned with how many numbers we have in our seats right. that we don't want to diminish that number by telling them truth. I mean, that would just be terrible, right? Well, awkward, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, you know. Um, it, it's you're, here's the thing. God's going to appreciate five true conversions more than he'll ever appreciate 500 false conversions. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so, you know, you you have to speak the truth in this. And the, the funny thing about truth, okay, so a lot of these easy believism people, they're, they're trail-mixing scripture. And what I mean by that is, you know, you pick out the M&Ms because they taste good and you throw away the raisins because you don't like them. Um, oh, absolutely. And that's what they're absolutely. doing with the word. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, and that's the, the problem with this. But here's the fallacy in their argument. Okay. So they're going on and telling me I'm teaching a false gospel because I said that you have to repent and follow Christ. But according to what they're saying, that all you have to do is believe, well, then technically, regardless of what I'm preaching, uh, repentance, I'm still preaching salvation because I'm still telling people to believe in Christ. So the fallacy in their argument is saying it's a false gospel. Well, no, I'm telling them to believe in Christ. I'm also telling them to repent. So according to theirs, according to their side, then technically nobody's not saved as long as you believe. But on the flip side, if they've got it wrong and what Scripture is telling us here about repenting and following Christ, now they're putting people in danger by preaching non-repentance. Correct. 
And this is what's called a reductio absurdum argument. So they reduce it to its simplest uh, explanation instead of not under, instead of bringing in the nuance. So in other words, like if <clears throat> I tell you, no, all you must do is believe. Now the, we have to put that in context. First of all, what was Jesus mean? You know, what, what, well then what work is there left to do? Who was he talking to? We're talking about people that lived in a pharisaical society where it was a works-based mm-hmm. Uh, workspace mentality, right? So he was speaking to legalists already in and of itself. So his point was their argument would be, no, to be saved, you must do works, right? So, you know, you must uh, give sacrifice and so forth and, and uh, you know, um, live the Torah absolutely perfect, dietary law, the Deuteronomic law, the whole thing, okay? So that would be their argument. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, no, no. <laughs> the works that need to be done have already been done. And as far as concerning believing, yeah, you must believe. But if you believe, right, you're going to repent. Well, what is the mm-hmm. first what is the first measure of repentance? Repentance means to quit believing what you what you've believed about things and start believing what God tells you those things actually are. Start believing what the word of God says those things are. So let's say <coughs> when you come to the Lord, your belief system is built upon a humanistic mentality or or whatever your epistemology is at the time, right? Your your worldview. And so when mm-hmm. somebody comes to the gospel, the first thing you have to believe is you have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, right? Mm-hmm. What are you doing by doing that? You're repenting. You're you're changing your mind. That's annoying. You're changing your mind about your 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 system of belief, and you're believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And if that's true, there will be further repentance concerning what you think. Now, remember, what a man thinks about God is the most important thing about that man because everything in his life will follow from that, right, like a river. Yeah. And so from him will flow living water, right? Mind um, Hayim, mm-hmm. living water. That living water is the Holy Spirit, right? So – the point is, as the Holy Spirit leads you to do things at that point, you'll want to repent. You'll be convicted. Everything that flows from there will be a natural result of what you believe about God. If you believe that the Lord says, oh, all you must do is believe, punch your card, and go on, then, yeah, you're in a Gnostic belief system, which is that everything that's done in the flesh can't be helped anyway, right, or, or uh, hyper grace or whatever the case may be. And so, therefore, you're already forgiven. You can't help what your flesh does. So why try and repent or stop doing it in the first place? You see, this heresy yeah. has been going on for a long time. And a lot of it goes back to easy believism. I can be a better person. I can get myself, you know, believe what I want about these things. And, and I can get, like you said, my trail mix version of, of scripture to fit my narrative so that I feel better about the decisions I make instead of asking, hey, what does the word of God say about it? And then changing my mind life in order to obey that part of the word of God by faith. Second Corinthians 10.5, taking every thought captive, the obedience to Jesus Christ, and casting on every thought that avails itself against the knowledge of God. Meaning that when you give a thought, you know, hey, look, I want to go watch pornography, right? But what does the word of God say about that? Then what do I do? I believe the word of God by faith. Over that, by taking it captive and putting those thoughts to the obedience of Jesus Christ so that I don't follow through with what my flesh wants to do, but rather what the Word of God through the Holy Spirit convicts me through the power so that I have the power to do so, and I repent, and I quit, and I don't do it. And not only that, the Word of God says that God makes a way for me to get out of that situation every time anyway, right? So yeah, I have no excuse. Do you see what I'm saying? 
Yeah, and I like to go layman's and, and just find the most blunt and convicting uh, scripture out there. If you go to uh, Luke 13.3, it says, uh, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. And yep. so here you've got the literally the words of Christ telling you, unless you repent, you perish. So, so why, again, do they say that they hold Jesus as the Son of God? but yet will completely deny his words or reject his teaching. Well, like I said, what a man thinks about God is the most important thing about that man. I mean, in my understanding, idolatry. Yeah, idolatry. And so, you know, the funny thing about idolatry, you know how, do you know how Hindus spell cow? Cow. G-O-D. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Get the point. So, um, just to add to the idolatry uh, point you're making. <laughs> so, but it, it, it's, uh, it's true, man. You know, there's, there's, what is it, 30 billion gods they have now in Hinduism. And people think yeah. that, you know, because Americanized Christianity, they're free from that kind of thinking. Uh, you know, there's an idol for everything under the sun, right? So um, the idolatry aspect is that here's another good point, too, another good quip from your neck of the woods in, in the Carson City Church I heard one time years ago. He said this, he said that God made us in his image. Man's been trying to repay the favor ever since. <laughs> and that, so that Pat Proctor? No, actually, this was another guy out. <laughs> this was in Kentucky. But, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, had a good point. You know, I was listening to, I think it was like a podcast or a YouTube video or something. Or no, no, it was uh, a yeah. website on the website. Yeah, it was like Journey Church or something like that, but some generic name, but. Yeah, anyway, nonetheless, good point, convicting point. So, um, yeah, it's a great illustration, man. You know, um, we like to make gods in our image, right? And we want to set up mm-hmm. um, things that make us comfortable uh, to believe in our life rather than conforming or being conformed, rather, by the Holy Spirit and allowing the Word of God to shape our belief system so that we glorify God, uh, meaning God's character is what it means to glorify God, right? So, Yes. To your point, yeah, repentance is an absolute necessary corollary to uh, believing um, not only that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Like I said in the beginning, you have to repent just to believe. I mean, you have to change your mind, right? So it's a repentance mm-hmm. from beginning to end. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. there's no justification for the, the 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 modern term of easy believism. And like I, I also said in the beginning of this is I you know how I always do like a thing that I record and then it kicks in, you know, into the yeah into the podcast itself. And I had this thought come to mind and after I was done praying and stuff, and it was a good point. If the first century church acted like the twenty first century church, there would never have been a twenty first century church. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So in yeah. other words the the first century church was ready to die for what they believed. We don't have people even ready to get out of their bed for what they believe. Oh no, and I'm, I'm always uh, I'm always getting a lot of hate for saying this, but sometimes I wish we had the same persecution we see in other countries because yeah. you know we you know God is going to separate the you know the goats from the sheep, the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, um, and I I truly believe that if we suffered the same persecutions we saw in you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, these other countries, that our church would not be as big as it is. Um, 
uh, in fact, Sunday Sunday morning, I, I guarantee you, you would uh, would be very easy to find a seat. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and, and that's a good point as well. And it was like I was listening to Leonard Ravenhill today. He said he goes, he he believed in this is in the, I want to say early '80s, back when Keith Green I think was still around. He had a good point. He said, I don't believe that there's more than maybe 5% in America that are truly saved. Think about that. Yeah. It's you almost seems like it's weird. It's weird how much even the American society hates Christianity, but it's still almost a social status. It's almost like people go to church because they get something out of it. They're entertained. You know, it hooks them up with a circle of friends that might be able to, you know, do something for them. It, it, it's, it becomes a social status. Which Correct. would never be in any other country. I mean, you wouldn't have Christianity as a social status in Iraq. It just wouldn't happen. You'd lose your head. Um, Absolutely. But here, it's it's almost one of those things. And because I know so many people who claim to be Christian, and a have not even stepped foot in a church. They don't read their Bible. They just check the box on the census. Um, Absolutely. And that's yeah. You're you're not seeing. You know, again, what as we get into. Okay, so um, saved by grace, not of works, right? But then it goes in to say that faith, faith without works is dead. And the reason right. being is, is this is where the easy believers are, are kind of right, is, yeah, we are not saved by our works. But if you do not have those works, you have no evidence of your faith. And so is it, it's, it's both required and not required. It is not what saves you. But without those things, you have no way to, to prove to God that you have really devoted to him. I mean, God, you know, God knows the intentions of your heart, but again, if it's in your heart, you're going to do it, right? Yeah. It's called a demon faith, bro. Even the demons believe well, in Jeter. Exactly. <laughs> James 2.19. And so yep, is, exactly. it, is it then incorrect or, or harsh to say that their faith is demonic? No, not at all. If, as long as it's the, if that is their actual, like I said before, the reductio absurdum that they believe quite literally that they made a mental ascent, an emotional ascent, meaning that they they say, okay, I believe you're the son of the living God, and then go on their way. But what does Paul say? Paul says that you go before a mirror, right? You see that you're dirty, you wash your face, and you walk away. In other words, what he's trying to say is. You know, and I thought about this the other day. I was meditating on this verse. He's saying that there's people that will literally, they'll wash their face and they'll walk away, never again thinking to themselves, their face is going to get dirty again, uh, which mm. uh, comes into First John 1, 9, right? So, in other words, yeah. you're still going to fall short. You're still going to sin. But what? The good news is, right, that you can repent, First John 1, 9, that he will restore you unto righteousness, meaning mm -hmm. rightness with God. Mm -hmm. And then you will begin the righteous works to which he called you to do before you were ever created. And get this. Tell me again, Sean, what were you were created for according to the book of Revelation again? According to the word of God? To please what God. What was I created for? Yeah, to yeah. please God, right? Um, for, for good works which God created beforehand that we should walk in them. And also, simply, please God. Now, what does it take to please God again? Uh, follow his command. Faith. Faith. Well, faith, yeah, but I mean, but, I, but what I'm saying is, is, yeah, yeah, you, you have, you have the heart to follow his command afterwards. So, so well, the faith, that faith in him, well, that's the thing. You, you can't really say you have faith in somebody and then not take their work seriously. Um, and that's, 
that's the way I see that. And, and getting into, you know, another metaphor about the dirt, right? I've always seen yep. it this way that, that, you know, when you, when you repent, so you turn 180, you're following after sin, you decide to turn around and follow after Jesus, right? Uh, yep. occasionally you will trip and fall in mud. All right. Now mm-hmm. here's your choices. You sit in the mud and you go, you know what? This is fun. And you keep playing in it. Or you get up, brush yourself off and keep walking towards Jesus. And I think that's what we see with some people. They say, okay, I've accepted Jesus. I'm walking towards him. But they also like sitting down and playing in the mud and don't see anything wrong with that. Like a pig. Yeah, I guess. Go back to wallow. And getting into into that demonic faith even. You know, it's funny that it says even the demons believe and shudder. I see Mm -hmm. a lot of Christians out there that only have belief, and they're not trembling at the Lord at all. No, not at all. There's no fear of God, right? And that's exactly. the thing. To fear the Lord, okay, it, it means not only that you will – oh, what's the verse where it talks about – Um, oh, let me think here. This is embarrassing. I'm trying to think. It's off the top of my head. But it's something to the effect of that you will be saved but by fear. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, what is it? I'll have to look it up. I'll, make, I'll tell you about it later. But anyway, the point is that you're not just saved. Um put it this way if you fear god you fear nothing else right so it's kind of a it's kind of according to the world it would be sort of a counterintuitive thought process right when you fear god all the other things in your life fall in place in other words you put god first that's what it means to fear the lord you put it first you also there's the other side of that coin that you don't just fear god in the sense of, of putting it first but you also recognize he's god he holds your very life in his hands okay you should shudder. <laughs> you should be afraid. Um, in a sense, definitely. There should be some. There should be some humility in your actions. Uh, Crumbling of, your, of yourself. Um, think humility. about the, the taxpayer. Uh-huh. Think about the, the tax collector and the Pharisee in the court, right? And, and God says, yeah. "Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted." Amen. Exactly right. And and I think that. Humility is just confidence properly placed, and we get into trouble mm-hmm. when we put our trust in ourselves, right? So the biggest yeah. thing is people are trusting themselves rather than trusting God. Here, this is another all kinds of various areas, but once again, once again, going back to how did you uh, come to know the Lord? And is the God you're worshiping, okay, worth dying for? Mm-hmm. Right? To find your life, you must give it away. Simple, right? To lose your yeah. and to lose your life is to find it. So it means to give up your life because you no longer oh that's right, there's that weird little transaction where it calls uh you a slave to righteousness, for one. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and two, and the other aspect I think we tend to forget is you are not your own any longer. You were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You no longer belong to yourself. Yeah. You're a douloi, a slave to righteousness for God's yeah. sake, for his will, his purpose, his plan for your life. And the more that we recognize that and we give them the gospel from the beginning and they understand that this is not – this is what's the old saying? Uh, Christianity is not for the – Christianity is not for the strong but for the weak. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So what's funny is if you come to the Lord in pride thinking – I'm going to make the best Christian. God could use me. I'd be awesome. God could just, you know, totally 
uh, look at all the talents I have. Look at all this good stuff I got going for me. Uh, no. <laughs> you yeah, I, I say that when I was <laughs> yeah, when I was an atheist, I, I said I was the smartest person alive. And as a Christian, I recognize I'm a lot smarter than I used to be, but I'm not mm-hmm. near as smart as I thought I was. And any wisdom I have comes from God. Uh, it's not sure. of my own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's absolutely true, man, because, like, wisdom is just knowledge in action. So the thing is, there's plenty of knowledgeable people, not many wise. I could sit here and tell you to mm-hmm. the cows come from everything I've just said and not apply a second of it to my life. And then what I would have a mm-hmm. foolish faith, right? So the James makes yeah. that clear once again, back to the book of James. You know, your faith is useless. Uh, blessed are not those who hear the word of God, but blessed are those who do the word of God. It's a verb. It's an action. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing, man. We, we teach this easy believism stuff that, you know, once again, you know, you can just uh, do your life on your terms and then ask God to bless it. And it's like, nah, bro. It's yeah. not how it works, man. It's not how it even, works. Even if you get into, even if you get into Old Testament, right, with Judaism, what does the word Shema mean, right? It's here. Hear, O Israel. That that Hebrew word does not just mean to listen to it. It is an action. It is to hear and apply. It is to to take what you're hearing and apply it. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Uh, Baruch uh, Hashem Adonai. Um, mm-hmm. Hear, O Israel. Right, exactly. So um been a while since I've said the blessing. But anyway, um, <laughs> I remember a little bit. But uh, nonetheless, no, absolutely, bro. I agree. Um, and, and this is the thing. So, We're about to run out of time here. That's a 35-minute mark. So, um, I think I think the point is, brother, um, you know, to conclude a couple things really fast here, so I can I can do our outro. Um, What do you think? Someone with an earnest heart who is just done. They're at the they're into themselves. They're tired of of living for the flesh, living for the world, what do you think they should do to come to the Lord in true repentance? Uh, well, 1 Corinthians um, First Corinthians 15, right? So, yes, you do have to believe. You have to believe that, A, you're a sinner. You're not worthy on your own. You're not good enough. Um, you can't do anything, right? But you have to recognize that God himself came down in human flesh, paid that price, and not just paid the price, but rose and defeated death. That's how you see eternal life, because he defeated death, right? And in that, you have to humble yourself. You have to be willing to repent, right? Turn away from your sin and -hmm. follow after Christ. It is a repent, believe, and follow. That is the process. And no matter how many times easy believers, easy believism people will say, just believe, no, there is, Repent, believe, and follow. There's three actions there, and they're not necessarily works. Just because they want to label a repentance as works doesn't make it a works. I see works as, for instance, confession, right? Confess with your mouth. That is a physical thing you're doing. The repentance itself is, yeah, it can lead to action, but it is a heart change, right? You're allowing God to come in and change your heart, and therefore you are turning away from that past life, right? You're Matt sixteen twenty four. You are denying yourself and taking up the cross and following him. Right. Absolutely. And and, and, it's, and it's really important it's really important to also remember with this easy believism stuff too, because I don't want to give Joel Osteen any credit. 
<laughs> blessings do not always come financially. <laughs> so, oh, God. You know, and and do not make Jeremiah twenty nine eleven your life first. So that, those are my tips. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I agree. I agree a thousand percent, brother. And I think those are valid points. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we'll punch that card and validate it. Um, but yeah. uh, anyway, if you want to go ahead and tell the folks, brother, where they can find you so they can uh, get a hold of you and if they have any questions or anything else. Yeah, so uh, TikTok at uh, smkohler99. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Kohler Media and um, YouTube at Kohler Media. We've got some video projects that we've been doing there. Uh, but I will be also launching my own podcast called uh, Kohler Media Podcast. So uh, we're not up yet, but look for us. And Chris will definitely be on our program. Oh, I look forward to it, brother. That's awesome. I'm glad I could get you on today, man, and I just pray God uses this. And uh, may he, uh, you know, call for his namesake. May he receive the glory, praise, and honor. So, brother, love you. I'll talk to you here in a little bit, and uh, thanks for coming on, man. Amen. You too. All right, brother.